Hey everybody, welcome to Gator Tales, a place where you can just come, sit, relax, and just hear some cool stories. It's kind of like you're sitting with your dad on the front porch of the house, and he's just telling you stories when he was growing up. Well, that's what we're going to do. So let's just dive right into the very first one. Uh, let's put a name on it. Why not? I like to call this one All in the Same Night. Okay? So we used to go camping. Uh, I live in northeast Florida, and or north central Florida, really. But me and my brother, every single summer whenever we were growing up, uh, we would go camping. Uh, we used to go camping at this place called Telford Springs. Uh, so we live near the Suwannee River, and the Suwannee River has these little outlets, and it makes these natural springs all along Florida. And luckily for us, where we grew up at, there were 12 or 13 of them at any given time we could choose from some of them big some of them small some of them had parties going on all the time and some of them didn't uh, but this particular one in all in all honesty it was known as the party capital of the area where we lived it was called Telford Springs and every summer for about 30 days out of the summer uh, I would say we started at around age 14 or so but we would camp out uh, for the entire summer down there my mom would bring us food. You know, she'd bring us like coolers full of lunch meats and make sure we had stock full of loaf bread and, and mayonnaise and stuff like that to make sandwiches and hot dogs to cook on the fire at night. And she'd bring us a meal down there, you know, two or three times a week. And so it was a really cool thing that we got to do all the time. Uh, but there's one night in particular that just stands out. I mean, we had so much fun down there. I mean, you can imagine uh, running around in this super fresh water that just bubbles up out of the ground, uh, and it's your it's your swimming pool, you know. And you can hang out there all day, and you would see your friends come and go, and you see different people, uh, and it was a really fun experience. But this particular night, this particular day, we had been down there, I don't know, for a little while. We'd been down there long enough, I would say two or three weeks at this point, but we had been down there long enough where we ran out of food, uh, we ran out of toilet paper, which if you're camping, that's a big deal. Um, and it was a little gross, I guess, but we would wash ourselves in the water, you know? And so I remember that my brother, he went off and he had to go take a crap. And he so goes out into the woods and he, he takes the crap, you know? And it's with the last little, I said we ran out. I guess this was the last little bit of toilet paper we had. Uh, and he's gone for like five or ten minutes, you know. He's done walked out to the woods, and he found him a big oak tree to lean against and all that good stuff. And he takes a crap in the woods. Uh, but then whenever he comes back, you know, he's sitting there. He pours him a drink. He's taking a drink of whatever. And, uh, and it had to be some minuscule thing because, like I said, we were pretty much out of food. And, and drinks and stuff. And anyway, he takes a drink, and I look over at him, and, man, I see this big brown spot. And it's not on his hand. It's not on his clothes. It is smack dab in the middle of his forehead. And I mean right in the middle, right above his nose, right in between his eyes, in the dead middle of his forehead. And it looked like a small Hershey kiss. And I look over at him, and I'm like, Alan, what in the hell is on your head? And he's like, huh? And he takes his hand and he wipes it. He goes, huh? And he wipes it right across his head. And now he's got this big streak of crap 
going across his head. But he, he doesn't realize it's crap yet. So he looks at his hand and he's like, oh, what? And he smells it. I mean, that's the only natural thing to do, right? We get something on ourselves as humans. The very first thing that we want to do is for some reason we want to smell it. Oh, that's the best idea I could ever come up with. I just want to smell whatever I just wiped on my hand. So he smells it and it smells disgusting. He's like, oh my God, it's crap, dude. And man, I start laughing because then whenever I start looking at him, I'm like, oh, wait, hold up. You, you've got it on your forehead. You've got it on your hand, but it's also on your elbow, on your leg, on your neck. Man, what did you get any crap on the actual ground? Or did you just get it all on yourself? And dude, it just it made me laugh so hard. So he goes down, he washes himself off, uh, and then my mom comes down to the springs at that point. And when she gets there, she's there to bring us a cooler of food, and she's there to bring us toilet paper. Oh, thank God. And obviously the first thing I do is share the story about the crap all over him. To this day, this story is from 20 years ago. I'm 35 years old. This story is from 20 years ago, and I still give my brother a hard time and mess with him about this story to this day. It is so funny. So crap everywhere, all over him, but he had to wipe it off. And uh, so that was a, a, a pretty fun part. But then, like I said, my mom brought down the food, and my mom brought down some toilet paper, but then my Uncle Mike, who just happened to be visiting from Atlanta. So my Uncle Mike, everybody called him Drunk Mike growing up. Uh, you can kind of guess why. He was a raging alcoholic. He was he did all kinds of drugs. Uh, he just, he was that kind of person. Uh, but So he came down there to camp with us. You know what, let me list this out real quick. So everybody down here camping on this particular night was me, my brother Alan, uh, a buddy of ours named Josh, a buddy of ours named Jerry, uh, and then it was my cousin Justin, who will be referred to as Doobie, a guy named Bobby, and my uncle Don. Uh, so throughout this whole story, all these people are going to play parts. But anyway, my, my uncle Mike, my drunk Mike, so he has arrived with my mom, and he wants to camp with us, and that's, that's cool. Uh, because, well, we know he has a bunch of beer and he's loose with it, uh, you know, so... We're down at this campground, and we're doing what any normal teenage boys at this point in time would do. We're taking sips of beer and trying to get drunk, and uh, in all honesty, we're, we're smoking some recreational drugs. Uh, we're, we're just doing things that's, that teenage boys do, and uh, it was so funny because Mike got completely obliterated. I mean, he just got hammered that night, just so hammered. And uh, we, so we done built a bonfire up, right? We built the bonfire up. And like I said, mom brought food. So we're, we're cooking the hot dogs. We're making, some, uh, we're making some fresh s'mores. Oh my God, who loves s'mores? I love s'mores. They're like my favorite dessert to this, to this day. I mean, no joke, favorite desserts. S'mores, apple pie, and good brownies. That's it. That's it. I love it. That's my favorite desserts. Anyway, so we're making these. And we've done built the bonfire up. And so it's probably going on 8.30, 9 o'clock, about 9 o'clock at night at this point. And my Uncle Mike, like I said, he's drunk. He's, he's stumbling around. And he falls in a hole. And all we hear is, ah! We walk over to this dang hole. And my Uncle Mike, he done fell in. 
and there's a stump there so this tree so like i said th these springs are in the middle of the woods and so there's trees everywhere right and so there was a pit where a tree had done fell into another section of 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 some outlying springs little holes in the ground that connected this intricate cave system that we live in live around and uh but anyway, this tree stump had spikes sticking up everywhere. Probably, I, I, in my mind, I remember them being 12 to 18 inches long, but just shards of stick sticking up everywhere. And I uh, remember he fell on it, and when he fell, his arm, like in between, his arm was like laying, imagine the, the, the chalk outline, the atypical ch chalk outline body laying on the ground, right, that you see on all the cartoons and stuff. Imagine that exact figure. Only right here in between one arm is uh, five or six of these pieces that will stab through you. And then on from his back up, there was nothing, luckily, uh, because he landed outside or on the outside edge of the tree trunk. And on his other arm, there was a couple of, of tree stump shards. But the one that got him... Is he landed is when he fell in the hole, the hole was about seven feet deep. And he landed and one of them sticks went right through his leg, right through his calf muscle. I'll never forget it. It went through the back of the calf muscle and came out the top, uh, right by his shin. And so he's laying there screaming. And so like I said, it's me, my brother, and my uncle Don. Uh, we have to jump in and get him. Uh, we jump in. And we get him and we pull, we break the stick off and we leave it in so we can get him to the doctor, right? Uh, but we don't have, what, what's wrong is, is as I stated, we had already been drinking. I, you know what, and I correct myself. I think I said at the beginning I was 14, I was 16 years old. I was 16 uh, because I could drive at this point. And so we put him in the car and we had both been drinking. So yeah, you're right, underage drinking, but I was, I was drunk. My Uncle Don was drunk, but we had to get, and everybody there was drunk, but we had to get him to the doctor. Uh, so our best idea was to get him to my mom's house, where we grew up, just uh, because it was only like 10 minutes away. And so we drove him to my mom's house in my Uncle Don's car, but then the car ran out of gas like a quarter mile from the house. So that ain't that big a deal, right? So we get him out of the car. And me and him literally carry my Uncle Mike for about a quarter mile uh, because that thing's through his leg and he can't walk on the one leg. So whenever we get him home, uh, we sit him down. But then, you know, we tell my mom, hey, uh, Don's outside. I need to hold the keys to the car to go get some gas. Now, probably wasn't in her bed. Her, or, or, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got my keys to my car. And we went and got gas because I didn't have my car down there. So we went to the town, went to town, got gas. We came back. Whenever we come back, we have the gas can in hand full of gas. I'm pouring the gas into my Uncle Don's car. And I remember it was like a Grand Prix. But anyway, I'm pouring it in and I'm like, hey, Bubba, I can't see nothing. Now, let me stop right there. Anybody who was of good conscious mind would have just went over to the other car and turned the lights on or moved the steering 
the wheels so that the lights faced the gas tank so we could see what we were doing. That's what any good person would do. That's what any smart, sober, clear-thinking person would do. Well, that's not quite what we did. Uh, as soon as I said, hey, Bubba, I can't see nothing. Can you get me a light? He starts digging in his pocket. He's like, yeah, hold on. And he pulls it out. And he takes the lighter and he puts it right up under the gas tank and he strikes it one time. Woo! The fire, the fireball that was created was absolutely amazingly scary. So this damn can's inside my hand. As soon as the thing catches on fire, I throw the can. Oh, but where do I throw the can? Oh, I don't throw it into the dirt road. I don't throw it into... Oh, hell no. That would be too easy. I throw it into the pine field. I throw it right into the pine field that was on the edge of this road. And so now we got a car that's on fire. We got a pine field that's on fire. We're kicking dirt all over the pine field. We're out there. We got a gallon of gas. It's just... just catching crap on fire everywhere and so i'm trying my hardest to put it out my uncle don's trying his hardest to put it out let me go ahead and guarantee you one thing we were sober at this point uh we're throwing dirt inside the gas tank of the car to get it to be put out uh because the fire's spitting out the little tube thing uh the little nozzle for the gas tank uh the car ends up catching on fire on the back end we burn that whole car up the whole car we burned that whole thing to the ground and don looks at me and i look at him and we just we just shrug our shoulders at each other we make the typical man sounds to each other when we really don't know what to say and we started walking i mean we started walking back to my car we got in my car uh, we drove down to the, we, we, uh, and from that point, we just jumped in my car and drove back to my mom's house and she had already taken my uncle Mike to the hospital to get the thing taken out of his leg. So awesome. So naturally, what do we decide to do? Uh, go back to the Springs. Cause that's the only thing that makes sense at this point in time. Uh, so we get back down to the Springs and we, when we get down there, uh, it's kind of late at this point. It's probably like 11 30, 12 o'clock at this point. So all the stores are closed. Uh, and we get back down there and, you know, we kind of wanted to drink some more beer. Uh, we kind of wanted to drink some more beer. We were out of cigarettes. We were hungry. Even though we had a cooler full of food, we didn't want that food. We wanted snacks and candy bars and junk. And so, remember I said I had a cousin named Justin, a.k.a. Doobie, who was down there. So, Doobie, well, the only way to really describe it is Doobie is a very easily influenced person. At least at this point in time, he was. And there was another cat down there, and his name was Bobby. And Bobby, well, well, for lack of better terms, he was absolutely crazy. I mean, he was he was just crazy. I mean, and I'm not talking crazy like, oh, that cat's crazy, right? No, no. I mean, like, certifiably mental ward, needed help, probably sitting in prison right now, crazy. Uh, he he had no problem being violent. He had no problem being pushy. 
Uh, but me and my brothers and our and uh, we never really had a problem with him. But this particular night, again, we've been drinking, we've been smoking, we've been just being kids, right? And so he convinced my cousin Doobie to go up to this little corner store and break in. And they did. They broke in. And like idiots, they smashed the window out. They looked at the camera. They, But when they went in, they stole a whole bunch of beer. They stole a whole bunch of packs of cigarettes. And then boxes upon boxes of candy. And so, so stupid. Why would you do it for that? But anyway, that's what they did. They were convinced that that was a great idea. They were convinced that... Here's the funny part. So they were, because I was like, no, I'm, I'm definitely not giving you a ride. I think it's a bad idea. My brother said the same thing. My uncle Don said the same thing. And then all the next thing we know, they just disappeared. Dude, they come back with all this stuff in their hand. They start telling us everything that was going on, everything they did. They have all these things in their hand. They don't walk a mile or so with all this beer and stuff. So what do they do? They're like, oh, you ain't going to give it. They walked back. They went back in. They came back. It was so funny. They robbed it like two or three times in the same night. And uh, that same night. We're, we're still on the same night. Remember that. So at this point, uh, I don't know. It's probably around 12.30, 1 o'clock. Probably closer to 1 o'clock at this point. And uh, like I said, we've been drinking. We've been doing some things we shouldn't as kids. We've been just having a good time, right? But... One thing I do remember, and it was really funny, was that guy Josh that I told you about that was there. So Josh, Josh was a real clean-cut guy, man. Josh real stand-up individual. Uh, Josh was the kind of boy you wanted to have your back at all times. Uh, Josh didn't drink too much. He didn't do no drugs. He was really respectful to people. He was just a good old country boy. Uh, and he's to the to his benefit. He's still the same guy today, right? Uh, but he was a little crazy, okay? He was he was a little crazy. That's just the goddamn truth. He was a little crazy, and so I remember he had always talked about the sheep man, the sheep man. Around where we live, I tell you what, that was the little folklore story that people would tell you to scare the britches off of you as a kid. The sheep man. Oh my gosh, it was so, so scary as a kid whenever they even said the name Sheep Man. But I remember that night, like I said, we done all these other things done happen. Well, Jerry, or not Jerry, but Josh gets up out of his tent and all of a sudden we hear him screaming and yelling. And uh, he's got like camouflage pants on. He's got the Rambo things tied around his arm. He's got a bandana tied around his bald head. Uh, he's a big, bulky guy. He's probably like 6'2". At this point in time, he's probably still about 250, 260. He's a pretty solid dude, right? He comes running out with a machete, and all he screams is, You ain't gonna win today, you son of a bitch! And he runs into the middle of the woods. And I mean, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, and I'm not talking woods like is in your suburbia neighborhood with seven or eight trees, the little patch. I'm talking some thick dense woods with animals 
with with things that are out there at nighttime. That's all I'm saying. Like, you can't see the spider webs. You can't see a snake if you're going to step on it. You don't know if uh, wild cats, panthers, or bobcats are watching you. you. You don't know what you're going into, right? And he just runs to the middle of these woods with this machete. And you just hear the brush and everything being cut away. And it's so funny. And he's screaming out, And then nothing. Like, then you just stop hearing everything. And that silence lasts for about, I don't know, two or three minutes. To the point where we're like, Josh? Josh, are you okay? Josh, and look, dead serious. He was, he, he was, he was. He didn't say nothing. He didn't say nothing. And so he was gone for like five or six minutes. And we were all standing around looking at each other, trying to find our flashlights, going, "Hey, we might need to go look for this guy." Don't really know what happened. Uh, so by the time we all scramble around, uh, we found our flashlights. Whatever. Here comes Josh. Walking out of the woods real slow, stomping, breathing heavy. (sighs) (sighs) Boys, y'all don't even want to know what I just, what I just went through. And man, we're all standing around looking at him all crazy. Because you got to understand at this point, there's a big cut that's going from his arm, like from his wrist to his elbow. And he's bleeding. He's got little cuts on his neck and his chest. Uh, His shirt's torn. He's got a red face. And we're like, dude, what in the hell's going on? What what is wrong with you? I've been in spiritual warfare with the sheep, man. But but that son of a bitch ain't going to bother us no more. Because I took care of him. And then he literally took a piece of his torn shirt and he wiped the blood off of his machete and he laid it inside his tent and he went and laid down like dead serious that's it it was one of the weirdest experiences i've ever 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 experienced in my life now for a quick recap alan with doo-doo on his head mike fell in a hole and had the thing jabbed through his leg me and don set the car on fire. Doobie and Bobby robbed a store. And Josh versus the Sheep Man. All of this happened in the same night and is one of the most glorious, glorious memories.